0: Drink it in now. Top down the corn line cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. Drink it in now. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Uh. D Troy Kool-Aid. D Troy Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Eric Oakry on the D Troy Kool-Aid cast. Now, it's we're about a month away from draft season. So I know we've been talking about free agency. You know, we've been going on and on about what the Lions are doing, maybe what they're not doing, you know, what other teams are doing. Today, I just want to talk NFL draft. I want to get into all types of things regarding the draft. I want to talk about kind of the four legit options. If Hutch isn't on the board for the Lions at two, I've got some names I want to throw at you. Are there trade options? Are there uh, opportunities to, here it is, everybody always says it, move down. (laughs) In the NFL draft, everybody's favorite option always Um, I'm also going to tell you about the DTO scouting office, kind of how it's looking, how it's set up, some things I got going to help me come draft day, even some plans we got for draft day with both me, at Chops in the D. You guys hear him here on the show uh, about once a month or so, as well as a Google sheet that we may, uh, you know, we may put out there for the people. And the people consist of the millions Ah! We, we might put that out for you so you can track live with us. Me and Chops might do some live audio going back and forth, when the Lions pick, in between their picks, who we would have picked and why. We might do all that. And then I also want to talk about some buckets of players, both for picks two. 32 and 34 and guys that i'm targeting and that think will be there and could be of interest to the lions and then we might even talk some what ifs here on the show about what if this happens what if that happens so plenty to do here on the podcast but before we get rolling you know i got to serve up that detroit kool-aid for you drink it in uh... side of cornbread cornbread make it a double cornbread Let's do this. So when we're talking about like the top four legit options for the Lions, I mean, I still feel like Hutch is the guy. I really do. I think that if he's there, you don't mess around. You don't do the old well. quarterback's more valuable. You you do take him. Um, There's a few concerns I have about him just in regards to, um, you know, some of his athletic traits, his length, but also maybe – you know, sometimes he can come off a little over the top, but I think if he comes in there and works hard and produces, this is a captain, this is a leader, this is an energy type guy on defense, and a guy that can do some things. So if Hutch is at two, that's still my pick for the Lions. Let's assume he's not there at two. I've changed it up, everybody. I've tweaked my thinking. I think at two, if Hutch is gone... And the Lions like this player. You have to take this player based on upside, positional value, need, everything that comes with it, and that's Malik Willis, quarterback, liberty. Now, Malik Willis is a guy that has a lot of people saying it might take him a while to get going. You know, he's got some growing to do. He, he needs to learn this, that, and the other. Based on what I saw at his pro day, the fact that he can run, that he can throw, rocket arm, the way this kid, as I said on a previous pod, is a leader, has charisma, is a positive guy, is a faithful guy, is a guy that has swagger. These are all things I think that are just going to resonate so much with the players, you know, that before you know it, when he's given a shot, he goes out there and runs for a 30 yard run or throws a ball up off the top of a touchdown. This could easily be the game changer the Lions are looking for at quarterback. And I know people can say, well, he he didn't get it done when he's at Auburn. And, oh, he went to Liberty and he wasn't even that dominant. Like, I'm I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. I, I think it's much more about the person, the leadership, that swagger that he has, and the ability for the Lions to finally have a running, make plays off schedule quarterback that also will be loved in the locker room. And a guy that just has a sense about him that he can go out there and play with the best quarterbacks in the game. And you get him at two, you have a locked in contract for four years, that fifth year option. You can still put him in with Jared Goff there. He can run packages. He can run goal line, red zone, whatever you want him to do. Um, Anything happens, Jared Goff, he steps in. And if Jared Goff stumbles, boom, when this kid's ready, he's the guy. And then you easily transition in 2023 with this guy. So... Malik Willis is now my guy that I would probably lean to at two because of all things he has going for him. And the only detractors are really that, yes, there's some a bus factor as there is with all, you know, high picks and quarterbacks, but also, yes, you're kind of doubling up on a position and and not necessarily getting a starter, but this is what I've always said to about fantasy football. I play in a lot of leagues, as you guys know, a lot of leagues, and I love them all, but you always go into those leagues with people that think they're just got to fill their starters. Oh man, I'll just take like two running backs, two, three receivers, my quarterback, my tight end. And then I'm good to go. Then about week four five comes around. They're like, man, I got no depth whatsoever. Like My team looked good on paper and now it's done. Cause I didn't take any backups. I don't have any quality um, at these other spots um, when people get hurt as well as Um, Just to kind of maneuver my roster. So, yes, you can easily plug in a defensive end or even a safety or a rush player or a, you know, anything you want there and be like, hey, that that feels an absolute opening. But to me, it's it's turned around to be more about value as well as just you're not going to pass on this guy and get him at 32. I don't want you to move up and give up future assets. If they like him, which I don't know if they do, maybe the Lions don't like Malik Willis at all. If they like him a ton and they would take him later, you take him at two so that you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to give up future assets. You still got all the picks in your pocket. You still got all the picks next year. Um, you've still built your team, how you built it, which, which leaves opening for a player like this. And you roll and you take your chances that he ends up being a great quarterback here for the Detroit Lions for years to come. You don't worry about the quarterbacks next year. You don't worry about, um, you know, what Jared Goff thinks about this. You go ahead and you do it and you feel good about it. So that's kind of where my brain is with, with that top option. Now, my second option would probably be Trayvon Walker just because he can do so many things. He's so long and athletic. He looks like such a pro. I've heard some interviews with him. He just seems spot on. So to me, he's kind of the picket too. if that's the sort of, Hey, we're just going to roll with golf for one, two, three more years, whatever it is. And they feel like a Trayvon could come in, and be a rush player be a drop player be a guy that they can move inside outside move all around on the defense and that he would be productive at the nfl which he didn't have the production at college but to me that doesn't mean that he can't that means that he didn't because of the team he was on and things that were going um on with how he was used so i i like this player and this person a lot as well so that would be my second slot and i i would be fired up about about him it's kind of like hey we could get hutch but we got trayvon and we feel good about it um the third option, I guess to me, is um, is Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. And I'm, I'm totally split on this player. I feel like that he could be incredible. I feel that he could be a huge bus. I feel like he has special size... And ability at the safety position, range, he can he can turn the football over, all those things you look for. I also feel like sometimes it's a it's a bad thing when you have a safety that's three, four inches taller than most, a lot heavier than most. He also ran slow. You know, Notre Dame's been known to have some players that have some high, you know, tout about them just because of where they went, and they end up not doing well at the league. So I have those concerns as well. But the Lions do need a safety. Um, I also don't think that Tracy Walker, even though he's a leader and he's a guy they've invested in, he doesn't seem like a guy to me that needs a young pup um, that's going to learn right next to him. I look kind of like Tracy with a real good vet or an up and coming young guy that um, can play, play ball, you know, isn't going to take any crap from him, but also is going to work well with Tracy rather than Tracy be the big brother and some young guy come in and he's trying to tell him all what to do. And the young cat's like, Hey man, I'm going out and making an interceptions, something you don't do, you know? So I could see some friction there to be honest, but Kyle Hamilton to me is a, I don't know. I'm really curious to see what he does in the league. You know, lots of people saying you can't take a safety at that spot in the draft. I don't really buy that either because you know, the draft is set up now where you can kind of take who you want to take there is definitely still some positional value advantages. Like I said, when you're taking a QB and getting them at that fixed lower price now, rather than taking a linebacker or or a safety or a corner, you know, some of these things you can find kind of any day of the week, twice on Sunday, sort of like a running back as well. That's why they're not going as high because yeah, you still pay them what you pay them, but you can find them in the second, third fourth round, whatever. Um, So I'm not like you can't take a safety at two if you love them, but I don't know if I love them. And I, I'm curious if the Lions do. There's kind of been some ins and outs about they that's their target. And others are like, no, Brad Holmes wouldn't do that at that type of spot. I really don't know. I feel like on a quick side note, Brad Holmes is a, still a mystery to me. I'm I'm definitely on his side. I'm definitely always drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. But Brad Holmes to me is a guy that he had a, a pretty good draft last year. He had a pretty poor free agency where he just was like, Hey, I'm just going to let it roll. We'll just see what happens. And that ended up being worth three wins. And now they're trying to tactfully be a little more aggressive, but not too much. And then, you know, this second draft as well as how this team comes together under the coaching staff and, with golf at quarterback is really going to be the true sense of what we have, because if you guys all remember, I hate to bring up the name, but when Martin Mayhew came in here, he did some nice things to start and then he fell off his last multiple years, making bad decisions. Bob Quinn came in, had a pretty nice, you know, first couple free agent signings as well as a nice first draft. Then he, you know, lit this, organization on fire with a lot of the moves he made so you really got to hang in there and sort of see what brad holmes's philosophy is what he does i think you know talking to logan lamorandy or sports illustrated um here on the show my buddy um chops again we we all feel like a lot of the things he's doing are things that we would agree with you know um certain people layers is cutting and the way he's using money and the way he's moving around at times we like him to be more aggressive and at times we shake our head or like is Jared Davis really going to work? Is that really going to be um, all of a sudden a good thing here where for years and years it wasn't um, just because it was a different scheme, different regime? We'll see. You know, those are all big things to consider. So that's just a little side note to think about with Brad Holmes. Let's get on to my fourth option here. And some of you will love this. Some of you hate this, but I think he's still in my top four to consider. And that's cave Thibodeau. Now, a lot of people, you would say, okay, why, why haven't you written this guy off the board? Like, he, he he doesn't seem to love football. You know he's not going to love to be in Detroit. He didn't want to work out at the Combine. There's all these things that doesn't scream Dan Campbell and company. Well, you know what he does do? He rushes the passer. You know what he does do? He makes plays. You know what he does do? He's a physical specimen. And those are all things the Detroit Lions need. So there are times that you go after talent and you worry about the other things later. Kind of like they did with Ndamukong Sue, where that seemed like a slam dunk pick at two um, based on his production and everything. Soon enough, before he even signed his rookie contract, you knew he's a bit of a kook where he was talking about wanting to only sign for however many years, four or five years at that point, so we could get out. And test the waters. You knew it was over at that point with that guy as a personality, but he showed up on the football field and made plays. And the Lions did the smart thing and let him go because he got a hundred million dollars. He's D tackle and he did half decent for what one season maybe in Miami. And before they knew it, they couldn't wait to get rid of him. And he's bounced around the league and he's been marginal at best, in my opinion. You know, as a as an overall player, he had some good years in Detroit. Everything else is ho hum, and he. Snuck snuck along and got a ring by riding the coattails of others. Congratulations if that's how you want to do it. So if Kayvon Thibodeau got drafted by the Lions, you get the best out of him for two, three, four years. Pretty much, you know he's probably going to bounce at that point. But as long as you're getting you know production, W's, whatever it takes you're going to feel good about it at the end of the day. So I'm not going to write him off if they've evaluated him as the top number two player or number one player in this draft, you, you take him, you play him and and you, you feel good about it. You, you don't know if it's going to be a long lasting 10 plus years face of the franchise, you know, organizational changer, like you would want, but you pretty much know Thibodeau Tibbs is going to be better than most other options you can take there at the top of the draft. So I, I, I don't mind it. I, I do. I have soured a bit on Thibodeau as a person sort of like most have, but I, I go talent sometimes, you know, as long as he's not going to be a problem in the locker room and this, that, and the other, like if you evaluate him as clearly the best or better player, you take him and you you put your arms around him and you make him feel loved and wanted and you put him in great positions on the football field. He makes plays. Next thing you know, he loves Detroit. He's wearing the old English D, the Detroit first, everybody shirts. You know, that's kind of how it goes. So everybody, I mean, there there's my four options. Drink that in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Uh... All right. So so let's let's talk trade options real quick before we go to the break. Um You know, there's been talk about could the Lions trade with the Giants or the Jets because they have two top 10 type picks. Come on, man. That's not going to happen. You're not going to give up two top 10 type picks to go up to two. Um, There's nobody there you love. The Lions are going to be able to get that done. I mean, that's, that's a dream scenario. Then you're picking at, you know, middle and at the bottom of top 10 and at 32. No. And third, no, that's not going to happen. So we might as well just write that off the board. It'd be tremendous, but I don't see any way that it happens. You know, other trade options have been talked about. Would the Lions say, screw it. We're going to go up to one and get Hutch. We love him. We know he's going to sell jerseys. We know that he's going to make plays. We know that he's going to be incredible in the community. We know that he is the player we need. Do you go up to one? Now, I heard some things recently, people talking about this. They're like, yeah, it'd be a third-round pick. I mean if you had to give up a third this year or whatever it would take I, to me, that would be fine. You know, I, of course I love draft picks. I love to just sit there and take the player, but if that's what's going to take for me to get Hutch, I love Hutch and I want him on my team. I, I would definitely consider that to be a reasonable price. If the Jaguars want to play hardball and try to get 34 and first round next year, I'd hang up the phone on them very quickly. I'd tell them where to go and how to get there. Um, you can definitely sit there too and just do what you do. But if the price is reasonable and you wanted to go up to one, um, you know, I think that's something to at least explore at this point, as well as get other people thinking that you're willing to make that move. And if people want to come up to get a quarterback and you do not love Malik Willis, you do not love some of the other options, then yes, I would consider um, saying you're open for business um, and willing to make moves as well. At that uh, number two pick to to move down maybe mid first round wherever you'd have to go to let somebody jump up to get their quarterback their player that they're looking for, and you just sit and pick at you know fourteen you know thirty two thirty four get some uh, second rounder get a pick next year you know th- those are all options for me. Do I think any of these will happen? Eh, Not necessarily because there's always a million trade talks and this guy's going to do this and that and nothing really happens until the draft gets going. And then we've seen some years where the first round is just absolutely crazy. I mean, people are trading left and right and people are moving up that you never heard about. So, you know, I could see this being a crazy draft with a lot of trades, but as far as the lions go, you know, over the history, it seemed to be sit and pick. Now, Brad Holmes made a big trade up last year in the fourth round to go get his guys. And then, you know, sat around for two and a half rounds because you have any picks. Um, Brad Holmes is a bit of a wild card, man. You know, if he was part of that whole, you know, we don't care about picks. So let's go get players. I mean, I don't think he's there yet, but I think in next year and the year after is when you could see some of that crazy, like, Hey, we'll move these assets for this established player approach. But I I kind of, I, I think he's willing to wheel and deal, but until we see it, you know, I don't know that he's a guy that will trade out of two or trade up to one. Probably will just sit there and take the person they've evaluated as the best player for the Detroit Lions. So, everybody, let's get to our commercial break, get our great sponsors in here. That's the first part of the Kool-Aid cast. Before you head to break, I'll go ahead and fill up that glass full of Honolulu blue flavored delicious Kool-Aid for you. Drink it in now. Uh... Let's get our sponsors in here when we come back. Let's talk about the DTO Scouting Office, some buckets of players, and some what if scenarios. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back from the break. Thank you so much for this sponsors. As I always say, that really helps the show. Uh, I'll even give you a side of cornbread for that. Cornbread! What the heck? I'll make it a double. Cornbread! (laughs) But uh, let's get into the back half of the show here. And uh, as as I said, you know... I've enjoyed the draft for years here. You know, it started with a cardboard cutout, a piece of paper or something where I made, you know, my top however many players. And then the next year, you know, I had a better board and then I had a magazine. And the year after, you know, I had a magnet board and blah, blah, blah. You know, every year it sort of went further and I learned how to make my own thing, so it's easier come draft day as well as it gets me familiar with the players names when I'm writing them down moving around making my google sheet doing different things so here at my house I definitely have my office you know where I do a bunch of my work on all different things you guys know I do some work for pro football focus over there I also do some writing for USA Today Lions Wire I do some fantasy articles and whatnot that you can check over there from time to time life is obviously crazy so I can't dedicate 24/7 to that kind of stuff. Like I'd like to, but I do all that. And then in my office here, I've definitely created the DTO scouting office where I've got, uh, you know, a big board that has all the teams in alphabetical. It's a magnet board, and I have the three years of what they've done. So it's kind of like last year's draft. And in the middle, I have what they've done this year in free agency. And at the bottom is what they did, um, you know, the year before last year in the draft. So I kind of have a snapshot of what each team has done. I also have a board this year that's kind of just um, very easy for me to manipulate, but it's kind of a top 10 per position, both for fantasy football and for the draft, which will be easy to kind of tick players off and and keep track that way. Uh, This year, I did another set of boards, which was a a full look at the league heading into free agency. So it had like their top, you know, five or six, I think I did top five free agents per team. Then I had the cap space next to that. Then I had um, top 100 football players kind of seeing who had the most top 100 guys. I wanted to kind of quickly see that. I have room to put the draft picks up there as well as as the free agents have moved around. I've sort of moved those two different teams. So um, Mm -hmm. with some Lions targets here in the middle of that board. So as those free agents have come off, you know, I've kind of uh, slimmed that down as well as, you know, move players from side to side and gives me a quick look at who's where and what's going on as well as. Um, who might be left for the Lions at a quick glance. I do have a free agent um, board of people available. I've been working that as I have time. I've got um, other positional rankings that I have up for players heading into this draft, as well as the big draft board, which is all the picks from one to 200. And what was it? It was 59 last year. I haven't moved it all the way over to 2022 yet because teams are still wheeling and dealing. So you don't want to do that board too early. You're just moving around, you know, team names and magnets and stuff way before the draft, just do that a little bit before the draft. And then as it gets going, I move the, uh, kind of have these, uh, team logos which are pretty cool and then I put the player that they picked right on top of those logos the way I have it set up may have to get you guys a picture of this craziness here in the DTO scouting office but that's kind of how I have it set up and it makes it fun for me like I have all these fantasy drafts so I can come in here and make a quick you know board with guys that I want for fantasy or track this or that it just makes it easy to come in here enjoy football that's kind of where I do the podcast from as well so that makes it uh, fun it's kind of like my DTO scouting football office here where I get a lot of work done and have a lot of fun so that's kind of my layout there you guys can drink that in I'm sure drink it in uh... but uh, let's let's talk about these buckets of players so this is a very simple board that I made this year and it was to say man you know what I want to do is I want to have options at two And when I say options of the two, people are like, okay, why why do you even need names? Why do you need a board of any sort? Like, it's very simple. Well, I want to still have some names because the Lions may trade to six or seven. The Lions may trade to the middle of the first round. Um, You know, they may like some of these players that are a little off the radar, but I'm still going to put them in the mix. So when I started doing that, when I look at pick number two for the Detroit Lions, the names that I came up with were Hutch, Willis. Trayvon Walker, Hamilton. I already laid those guys out for you of kind of my top four. Then you have Thibodeau, but you also have Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Davis, um, Neil, the tackle from Alabama, as well as Iki Aquanu, the tackle. Those are kind of the only players that I would view as worthy of not only number two, but a slight move down that the Lions might do. And you'd say, well, why do you have tackles? Like we're fine on offensive line. I agree. We are fine on the offensive line and I wouldn't necessarily go that route. But because of their talent and because they're in that range, they're going to be on my board because there is a scenario where Brad Holmes could say, you know what? Our offensive line is good. It might be real good. I want to make it the best. And the way you could do that is by taking one of these other tackle guard players, maybe getting rid of Hal Baitai late before training camp, plugging them in, and then having down now. I wouldn't do that. I'm not suggesting do that. I don't think Brad Holmes will do that. But those players are good enough to at least be in that mix. Nobody else, you know, you start moving other players up there. I think you're reaching a little bit, you know, to some degree. So that's kind of my first tier of like, whoever the Lions pick it, one, two. You know, five, seven, nine, you know, those are the kind of bucket of players I think you're gonna get one of those guys. And I'd be happy with any of those players. The hard part is when we talk about moving down from 32 or moving to pick 32 and pick 34. And when I do that, I'm looking at guys like this is my 32, 34 type bucket. Devin Lloyd, Drake London, the wide receiver from USC, Jameson Williams, wide receiver, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker, uh, Chris Olave, the wide receiver from that school we shall not speak of, Boye Mafé, who's getting a ton of love, the edge from Minnesota, Shaquan Brisker, safety, Penn State, Daxton Hill, safety, Michigan, Petrie, the safety from Baylor, as well as Christian Harris, linebacker, Alabama. Now, I know you can say, man, there's just so many options. Uh, that's, a, that's a very slim list. Pretty much all the mocks and everything I've looked at, those are the guys that are somewhat going to be there. And if the Lions get three guys out of those two lists right there, I think they're going to be very, very happy. So i I think you make buckets like that. I think if you watch that video with Brad Holmes last year, he made buckets of guys that he loved and knew kind of what range they would go in. And then he just lets the draft board do its thing. He uh, sits there, makes the picks, and uh, feels good about them. So I think that that's the same thing I'm going to try to do. I'm not going to like necessarily know exactly who's on the board at those picks, but I got my buckets. I'll probably add and tweak those as we go. I pretty much gave them to you in a order as well. Those are kind of how I have them sorted now. As they get plucked off, I'm pretty much gonna go by that order unless um something changes or unless I feel I need to do something otherwise. And uh that's kind of how I do it. That's kind of how I do it in fantasy football as well. I'm putting buckets of guys I like, positions of need is what I tried to focus on with those buckets. And then when my pick comes around, I'm trying to make a good value pick on a player I love um, at that at that point. So let's keep your eye on those. All right. Here's, here's one other thing I want to talk about today as we finish out this draft show. When we're talking about the buckets of players, got your, your smaller bucket for pick two, bigger bucket for 32, 34. Obviously there will be some other players in the mix. Once we see how it all shakes down, let's go ahead and kind of put some, I know you guys a couple years ago, or even last year, I think I did it where I did uh, my combo meals, which was, you know I'll definitely try to do that again before we get to the draft where I give you you know the first three picks kind of some different combinations but let's do it right now um let's let's say Hutch is there at two let's let's uh, put in there at two and then at 32 in a perfect world um uh, again you're getting that, that fifth year option so you're wondering about a quarterback or some some different positions but let's go ahead and just say that Nickobe Dean is there, and they love him. So Hutch, Nickobe Dean, and then in the third round there, let's go ahead and take a safety to fill that spot. And right now, I'm going to go with Brisker out of Penn State for this combo meal. So you get Hutch, you get Nickobe Dean, you get Brisker. With that, with those three, you get you know pedigree from college: Michigan, Georgia, Penn State. You get guys that are all. Um, dogs, DAWGs, as far as football players, you get positions of need. You fill edge, linebacker, safety, really loading up that defense. So to, to, to me, that's kind of like one of the ideal combo meals for, for Lions fans right now. It would be maybe get those three players. So let's go ahead and let's do another combo meal. Let's say that they take Malik Willis at number two. So you fill your quarterback spot. Now, you were going to fill a rush edge there, but you didn't. So let's go down to pick 32, and at 32, the only edge rusher I have is Boye Mafé. Now, I've heard him going 19, I've heard him going at the bottom of the first round, I've heard him going early second round. I don't know if I want to take him at 32 or not. But let's do this combo meal. Let's get the quarterback, and if you're going to get a quarterback, you often want to get a receiver to pair up with that quarterback. So let's say, I don't think he will be, but you never know. So let's do this combo meal. Willis, Jamison Williams, and then let's go ahead and take Boye Mafé at the top of the second round. So in that combo meal special, you're getting your quarterback of the future, guy with a lot of talent, some question marks, but um, you're getting value there based on the position. You're then taking a receiver that may need to recover from his injury, but could work off on the side with Willis as well as build that rapport for next season. You're willing to wait. Jameson Williams is an electric talent with speed and everything that goes with it. And then you are taking a physical freak, a guy that just looks out of control when I watch him on tape, but he's big, he's physical. He seems like a Dan Campbell type guy on defense that could also grow and hopefully get better and better. And that's Boye Mafé rush, edge rusher, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call him from Minnesota. That covers three big needs, quarterback, wide receiver, and edge. And it's much more of a, you know, projection. Let's wait and see how these guys pan out and go with upside, go with uh, other um, things that we may have to wait on, but it may pay off big heading into later this year in 2023. So let's go ahead and do one more, one more combo meal. Let's go ahead and do... Uh, You know, Trayvon Walker would be similar to Hutch. So let's go ahead and put Kyle Hamilton at two. You take Kyle Hamilton, safety, that fills that spot. Now you get down to 32-34. You're looking at my buckets. Do you want to go receiver, linebacker, edge, safety? You know, those are my main spots that I'm looking to fill with these first three picks. I took my safety. So that takes Petrie, Hill, Brisker kind of off the board. Top player that I have that could be there but probably won't is Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Um, you know, I don't, this guy's been projected at number four in a recent mock, but there's a lot of people that don't love him as well. So to me, Drake London is very intriguing. I know that he would be there at 32, and I'm trying to give you guys some realistic combo meals. So let's, I'm trying to think, let's, Let's play this scenario out that Drake London is somehow there. A little bit off the board, but Hamilton, Drake London, both those you are getting physical specimens. I mean, both, what, 6'3", 6'4", both in the two, you know, ten the 220 range, big physical players, right, at, at wideout and at safety. And then you're waiting to see who falls kind of at that 34 selection. And even though you added Jared Davis, even though you have Derek Barnes, even though the Lions say they're only going to play a couple linebackers. Like, I'm thinking at the top of that second round, one of the best options that might be available if you take a safety and then a wide receiver would be Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama. Now, I've seen a lot of Alabama guys fall, especially at the linebacker position where they're beat up, they just, you know, aren't valued as high, whatever the case may be. They're two down players. I feel like he showed crazy speed and you watch him on tape and he's just a madman. He will blitz the quarterback. He will come after you. He will punish you when he when he sees it and hits it in the run game. And he's also got some old Jared Davis in him too, where he will the wrong gap he will miss attack he will miss uh you know a play uh, based on misdiagnosing your speed i get it but i think that he could be very fun to watch and intriguing as well and and filling those top three spots i mean you got three high picks if you can get an edge rush quarterback safety wide receiver linebacker any three out of those combo meals and piece them together and walk away with those first three going all right we got three big needs filled with three guys that we can build around and I think that's what they would do because that just opens you up for the rest of the draft. Take BPA best player available. So I think that'd be really intriguing. I wanted to get those combo meals in so you could think about them and uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Um, so as far as the what ifs, just to finish it out. <clears throat> I just feel like the what ifs for the lions are, you know, aren't are they going to add another premier player or two, or are they just going to roll into this year with kind of these ho home bring our guys back, coach them up, you know, Tracy and DJ Chark are our main pieces. Like I'd like to see him add another piece or two, you know, Jabril Pebbles at safety, um, who I mentioned on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakry, Uh, Deshaun Elliott, safety, physical player. You know, you go down the list, they kind of, they've added to receiver and whatnot. So to me, it's kind of like your main spots are, Our safety, you know, they just brought back Jared Davis. So that slims down linebacker. They brought in Mike Hughes. I don't mind their corners. So how could you bolster the offense, you know, with a good backup tight end or, um, you know, some other type of position that would really help you. And I don't know, like the what ifs are just, I feel like they need more to get rolling this season, but you may just see that as their major moves, try to nail a great draft class, and roll from there. So, you know, the what ifs with the Lions are sort of like fans saying like, you know, is that enough? Like, are you being aggressive enough? Yes, you're trying to be smart, but other teams are loading up at different spots and loading up with offensive talent. Can you compete? You know, I think that'll all come to fruition. But as far as the draft goes, I think everybody needs to be absolutely fired up about it. When you're hearing this, it'll probably be about one month to the NFL draft. We will also I'll be doing some mock draft shows. I'll be having chops on. I'll have Logan Lammer and Deer from Sports Illustrated on. We got to get the king of all bros, Stefan, back on the show to say bro a lot, make everybody laugh as well as give his football takes. And uh, there'll just be so much content. It's just such a fun time of year. So between all the business, work, family, friends, everything else, I'm definitely going to try to bring you guys some great draft content as well as a lot of that Detroit Kool-Aid drink it in uh... so everybody get excited about it it's a big time for the Lions they're putting their team together smartly strategically as well as going to load up and do big things come the NFL draft so thank you so much for listening to the show I'll catch you next week right here on the Troy Kool-Aid cast take care everybody I'm out pack the bags start the plane this game is over Drink it in, man. I worked at a chicken shack when I was 16 years old. Anyway, so I worked at a chicken shop. Chicken shack, chicken shack. I'm in this Twilight Zone. I don't know what this is, really. Chicken shack, chicken shack. I learned how to clean chicken. There's no turds here. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. One of the few in this league that could wield the hammer of Thor. I'll get two venti. I go you know, Starbucks, I get two venti, black eye, and both. And then it's gonna take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're gonna take your other kneecap. And then it's gonna take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're gonna take another hunk out of you. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day, so.